We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The greatest, the goat pod. Yeah, yeah. greatest of all talk. It's great to see you guys. It's very important to me that every six months we get together for a little (laughs) Warrior State of the Union. We got the playoffs approaching here. What better time than this week to just sort of take... Take your temperature, see how the vibes are in Warriors Nation here. We have uh, we have Steve Kerr being as vague as possible with Steph's return. That was the big news item today. Honestly, I I legitimately think it's 50-50. He's gonna play game one. Cause there's a wow. there's a gap between game two and game three going to Denver because it's round one. They'll get like three days off for no reason. I could see hmm. the Warriors being like. We can steal game one on like crowd motion and catching him off guard without Steph, bring back Steph game two, and then get him extra rest because of the foot thing. Or I could just see Steve messing with the media. I truly don't know which way it's going. Interesting. I'm disappointed. I thought you would have some like vague sources, like Neither one of you. You don't think that's coming from sources, Sharp? You don't. (laughs) Maybe maybe it is coming (laughs) from sources. sources. Well, neither one of you have seemed that concerned about the injury on social media, and it, I, like to be, that has to given be, me confidence. I, that I think he's playing. Yeah, I think he's playing. To be clear, I'm not concerned about the injury in a this is going to drag and be mysterious the way that KD's whole injury was in the 19 playoffs. I'm mm-hmm. just saying I could see gamesmanship about game one, maybe. The one thing we can all agree about on the Warriors is they love to think they're the smartest people in the room. <laughs> I was just going to say, and, like, and is this when not in doubt? Yeah, is this when, not a uh, we'll buy him extra time and it's going to be the light years plan to ensure he's even fresher in the playoffs, you know, that type of thing? Just, just, yeah, no, no, absolutely <laughs> disgusting. No, no, I agree with Sam. I can see that happening. I, I think that would be uh, – you're at you're playing with fire. I mean, that you're just not as good. This is not 2015-16. Uh, 
It's not 2014-15. You don't have KD on the team. You don't just get to sit Steph. And, and, and like, there's a chance you lose both games, right? Like, let's say they lose game one because Jokic goes 40-10-10, right, without Steph. And then He's Steph comes back game two. Whether they win or lose. Regardless. <laughs> regardless. But, like, more impactful. Maybe they win game one. And then Steph comes back on a minutes restriction. He doesn't play well because he hasn't played in a month. And they lose game two. Like, I just – there's no reason for the Warriors to play it that way if Steph is able to play basketball which is why I think he's going to play. If they do galaxy brain that move, they kind of deserve (laughs) what they get. They kind of deserve what they get. Well, and that's sort of how I'm looking at the Warriors as they head into the playoffs in general. Like, I don't have a ton of confidence in this team. And when they fall short, I feel like they don't deserve it. (laughs) Oh, no. When there's been an opportunity to get cute over the past two years or so, this team has gotten cute. And um, I do hope that we get a healthy Steph Curry. And I think if he's healthy, the the Nuggets, like if Steph's playing, how long do you see this series going? I think it goes six. And. I think it goes six because they're going to most likely drop a game. Now, one of those, we haven't played together and we have 25 turnover type of games that probably they wouldn't have had if Steph came back with 10 games left in the season and they got rolling. If that, if that happened, I would say Warriors in five, uh, Jokic will find a way to just kind of will one win in the series. But I think, the fact that whether he sits game one or plays game one, they're still going to run into this. And they've, they've said it like Andre Godala said it. Draymond said it. They're like, we're going to have to figure things out on the fly in round one. And to me, uh, that just against playoff intensity, you can guarantee there will be one game where like, you know, Steph passes it to where he thinks someone will be and they're not there. And just the type of stuff you see with a team who hasn't played together. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty sobering to to think back on the last six months and say, all right, there hasn't even been like a three-week stretch when this team has had everybody at the same time and gotten a chance to like develop some chemistry. Like the lineup choices are legitimately difficult. I mean, Jordan Poole has done a great job for the last six weeks or so and has hit an even higher level over that stretch. Like I, I was loving pool to start the season, but over the last six weeks, I've been like, Whoa, like this guy is a legit dude. And I don't know what the Warriors are going to have to pay him. And he could be like a real factor in the playoffs, but then figuring out a way to integrate him back with Steph and with like a full strength roster um, I don't know how Steve Kerr is going to handle that. I like the idea of you guys sort of returning to your roots here with some good Kerr angst as he makes those decisions. I mean, do you have a preference? Not even, not even the start of game one. And it's already, it, look, the thing is the Warriors won the last five games of the regular season. It was good vibes. And yeah. then now, and then now this is where I, I, I will say the Warriors do get, I don't know if you get lucky to play the MVP here. I think back-to-back MVP here. But I think they do – this is a pretty soft landing spot if, if you're a Warriors yes. team that wants to get ready to, to go up round two against a pretty good Memphis team. Like, I think this is as easy as it can get for yeah. a first-round series. Limit Monty Morris from <laughs> going off and, and being the number two option. Like – you can't really ask for a better yeah. first round matchup than that. Right. <laughs> right. Like Jordan Poole's big issue is like, can he play defense? Like, well, like, can he guard Austin Rivers? I'm not really that concerned. 
really yeah. that concerned. Is he gonna is he gonna lose Falco Campazzo and get lit? Like, come on, you know, it's this isn't you know they're not going against Kawhi and Paul George. And you're like, which one's Jordan Poole guarding? You know, like yeah, yeah. that's gonna be John Morant's problem. That's gonna be it's not <laughs> it's not the Warriors' problem. It might be. It might. Yeah. I mean, I I, I look at Denver and it is soft landing is a great way to put it. it like that team. Jokic is amazing, but a team with Jokic as it's like defensive anchor is never going to make anybody uncomfortable. And I think the Warriors are going to have a really and they easy got time on offense. Out. And, that's, that? and they got two max guys out. Like it, it is like, I don't, I think what Denver's done this year has been pretty impressive considering they started the year. Like usually a team who loses a guy like Jamal Murray and then Michael Porter Jr. five games into the season, like your second and third option, that's like, all right, let's pack it up and quit type of year, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, let's tank this year. You know, Jokic isn't playing every other game with like some vague injury and, you know, they're playing for the draft pick to come out. They won 48 games. So I think they've, they've had like a, you know, a, I, I tip my cap to them. No slander for I, Denver. I hate for to me. say it. This is like exactly the sort of season that Ben Golliver would call a cute story. And it <laughs> means that in the most derogatory way possible. And look, they do deserve a, a tip of the cap, but that's not a team that I would be fearing heading, head, heading into like a seven game playoff series. So let me walk you through a scenario scenario i've been having go through my head so we are whenever the warriors get cute i think it annoys andy and i so that's where the angst comes from but Mm -hmm. all things considered soft landing spot let's say they get through denver in six games um you know maybe they drop game two and then they drop game four when they should have won it and they end up having to go six um but now they've had their chance to kind of figure some stuff out as much as one can in this situation. Steph is fully back. He's played the full playoffs. Are they not pretty well positioned then to continue to make a run? Like, does it not kind of lay out in a way that all things considered the situation at hand, ignoring like the moves they could have made and didn't make, um, are they not in a pretty good position going into a series with most likely Memphis? Well, you guys are, are better positioned than I am to, to answer like what this team is actually capable of. But I will say, watching from afar, I feel like one of the biggest stories in the entire league this year, and, and it was weirdly overlooked. Like I, I don't know whether everybody was focused on the Lakers or, or what it was, but the complete failure to improve the supporting cast at all and get like a real big man in there to play 25 minutes per game, uh, even like a Jakob Pertle type guy, the failure to do that with Steph and Clay and Draymond still in their primes um, just seems insane to me. And so like, do I feel a little guilty betting against like those three guys in any playoff setting? I do, but like without a real big man. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's the thing. They're like counting on Kevon Looney and his arthritic hip and everyone seems like they're cool with it. Not warriors Twitter, but like you have like, established writers being like, yeah, not only are the Warriors going to be good now, 
but they're going to be good in the next generation with Moses Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman. And it's like, I don't know, man, that's not really how it works. None of those guys are that good. And it would drive me nuts. More, more insufferable warriors media in 2022 with the core and young picks or the Boston Celtics circa 2017 when Ainge had all his assets and he had like Horford and Kyrie and they were going to win 40 championships in a row. And every trade offer was asking too much. It's the Warriors by a mile because the Celtics assets were real. Like they had Tatum and Brown. They had like meaningful picks to trade. But you look at the Warriors and this like war chest that is supposedly going to add up to a contender in 2028. I don't know. I, I mean, Kaminga's like a really fun role player. Can he ever turn the corner and be a star? I'm not sold. Wiseman sucked the last time we saw him. Hasn't played all year. And then Moody, I, I love Moody. But like, again, probably going to be like a high-level role player, not a real building block. So what about Jordan failure Poole? To turn, well, Jordan Poole, I don't know, man. I mean, like the sky is the limit for him as far as I'm concerned after the last like month or two here. But I, I'm still not sure he's like a franchise cornerstone. That Well, that might be the guy. Uh, he's kind of in between the Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody tier and then the the core tier because Jordan Poole is the guy that can actually win them basketball games right now. And they're going to have to play him uh, to win playoff games here. And actually, one of the bigger questions right now is what are the Warriors going to do with Jordan Poole? Because uh, yeah. Steph's going to come back either one or two. And they're going to have to figure out – and they're going to start your guy Looney, right? He's going to be the one that's going to start off on Nikola Jokic, right, because they don't have any other person. He did okay job in the regular season, so I think he that'll a be a fun defender. matchup. But it'll be poor Wiggins starting, and and it seems like the Warriors are probably going to go Andrew Wiggins. And and so that's one question. Then the other question is Need who's someone closing someone to lock game? up Jeff Green. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the Warriors, <laughs> they, they – that that's really the X factor for them here is that they – this is who they've kind of gone all in on. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they're going to go Draymond Green at the five. I, I, You know, there are 10 to 15 minutes of the basketball game, right, where they could have a big instead of Bielitsa, I think really is the issue, right? Right now, they're going to have to play Bielitsa, which, you know, he's been playing better, but he's going to be bad in, in the playoffs because he's terrible defensively. So that's a big thing for 10, 15 minutes. But the real question is, like, what do they do with Jordan Poole? Well, like, well, and, we and don't my know question since you guys watch every Warriors game you may have a better answer than I do but I, I look at Jordan Poole and he seems like he might be the type of player for whom it actually matters to to start and to have that sort of like definitely green light and confidence and here's, that complicates the decision if you're here's right. the reason you want to start him I feel like this continually gets overlooked um, in in media analysis, I know it's not overlooked uh, inside the Warriors. He has the best plus minus next to Steph, better than Draymond, barely better than Draymond. But that's the point. He when he's on the floor next to Steph, they are the best offense in the NBA for all mm-hmm. the obvious reasons. He's the only other player on the team who can dribble, and we know the type of attention Steph gets. If you have someone who can actually create off of that, and it used to be Draymond back in the day, but these days, um, you know, he's not finishing inside the way he was, you know, in 2015. And he's definitely not shooting the ball the way he was in that uh, um, 73 win season. 
So he's yeah. not really that secondary playmaker. He's more of, in many ways, he fills like the, you know, like the role that Iguodala used to fill is like just, just a stationary passer, like very smart player. Um, right. But either way, like Jordan Poole fills that secondary creation role. And that's why it's like he needs to play more because even though we can all acknowledge he's their worst perimeter defender of the guys who will play in the playoffs, I'm not sure that trade-off is worth it when you got like Draymond Green and so many other high IQ guys who can defend to pick up the slack so it's not as bad. I mean, it is worth noting they were tied with the Suns for the best record in the NBA before the injuries started happening with no Clay mm-hmm. Thompson. And a lot of that was because Steph, Poole, Wiggins, uh, Draymond, and whoever, it fits. You have all the characteristics you need. You got the 3 and D wing. Clay's a better 3 and D wing. You have yep. Draymond, who he's just unique, but I mean, he'll anchor a defense. Well, well. I, I, and then I, you got, you got pools, your secondary creator. And obviously we know what Steph does. I think that five, I mean, whatever combination of that, I think that the optimism is, I think that team is still good enough to win a championship. Right. I think sharp, even if they pick someone up, which again, we know they were never going to even get a mouse Turner, who I think is a better version of Jacoperto. They were never right. going to do even that. And we would have been happy with that, but he wouldn't have been closing. And I think at the end of the day, I think if you're an optimistic Warriors fan, you look at it and you say, oh, I mean, even if they go with that five, that combo, let's say you throw Wiggins out, out, out and you bring in Andre or you bring in Otto Porter, that's still, that might still be the best five in the West. Like, there's not, like, that's, that's not a crazy thing to say just because we know CP3 is a fraud and the Memphis Grizzlies are kind of <laughs> still, there's, the Grizzlies haven't won a first round series yet at all right we're just kind of going off the fact that they're really cocky on twitter they won a lot of regular season games and i think that's kind of where the optimism comes in for oh, yeah. these warriors i'll come i'll come in the middle of the two of you of course you I'm, are. I'm i'm not concerned in a single game i'm concerned can draymond and looney essentially man all the center minutes for two months right that's um, my issue tough. is it's it's asking a ton of Draymond at this point. And we've seen his, his body has broken down like literally this season. season, literally this <laughs> like season for half the season. Yeah. And so I don't understand if you're the Warriors brain trust, having lived through a number of these nagging injuries with Draymond over the last five or six years, you can say, all right, so this guy is the most important cornerstone. To, like he he's the linchpin defensively. He's also very important offensively. We need him healthy. So let's not trade for a big guy to maybe like reduce his workload a little bit and allow him to shine in like six minute increments as opposed to playing the fives the entire game. Like it's nuts to me. That we're, we're not, we're not getting landed. into the, we're not getting into the Wiseman thing today. Um, <laughs> hey, he might come back. He might be back. Second round series. Oh, it's second so round series. Responsible, dude. I mean, like, uh, yeah. that, that might've been the worst part of the season. By, yeah, by it's, far. it's been a good, it's been a good warrior season. Yeah. That was the worst part of the season. It's well, n- not adapting on the fly when he had the initial set. I totally got the idea of like, have him be that guy in December and reevaluate at the trade deadline if he's right, good right, enough for the playoffs right. or not. Uh, but when you when you start having those setbacks, why you anyway? We've we've done enough on this topic. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to rehash you know well worn territory for you guys, but I will say that like 
Jason Maples, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He compared it to the Kraus Bulls front office, like at the tail end of MJ. And that may be overstating it a little bit, but it, it, to me, it's it's closer to that than some people realize. And it should have been a bigger story in large part because to Andy's point, like there is a real shot here. Like if if Steph is going to be 100%, Jordan Poole gives them another dynamic option. And like, it, it honestly feels like a miracle finally watching that team with like, other weapons around Steph after the last two years. We haven't even talked about Clay, but he uh, he's angry. He's playing very angry. And I mean that like mostly as a compliment. There's a, there's a lot of, I've spent two years watching everyone talk about me and I want to show them how good I am in him. That makes yeah. me kind of, con- I mean, we've all seen Clay play in big games, whatever you think about him. Like he's not someone I would bet against in the moment. Totally. Well, and that's where, like, when you start imagining what a Grizzlies Warriors series would look like and start imagining Memphis having to execute in the half court in some of those games, like, I'm not sure I'm ready to believe in in Memphis in those spots. And I, I'm also just, like, terrified of betting against Steph and Clay in those spots. And Draymond, like, those guys have shown up over and over and over again. And their mental toughness is on a, a, another level than any other team in the league. And so like, that's the reason to, to not write it off. It would also I, be the reason to, to give them a, a few more weapons. If I guess, I, I guess my question is how seriously do you take Memphis just after this season? I, so here's the thing. I take Memphis seriously as a potential foil to the Phoenix Suns. Um, and if it were Suns Grizzlies, I would probably pick the Grizzlies if I had to make a call. Wow. Today. I just feel wow. like they've wow. got size. They've got a ton of athleticism. They've got shooting. And size and athleticism really does matter in the playoffs. Like the Bucks they won the finals last year by just beating the crap out of the Suns over the final four games. And I think some of that could this happen. Chris Paul team being soft in the Memphis. moment? Shocking. Oh, my God. Don't even Russia. start with your Chris Paul bullshit. Shocker. Both of you Shocker. are on my list. <laughs> Shocker. Always taking your little pot shots at <laughs> CT3. Uh, Best five foot yes. nine player in NBA history would absolutely win a six, non- six foot under league. He, he is the reason why the Warriors Suns West Finals would just be. It's just, it's just, it's honestly, the Suns is an easier matchup. Than, than the Grizz. This is where oh the Light God. Years podcast has been at for the last <laughs> few weeks. Shar, welcome. Welcome to the cult. By uh, the way, the I hate I, you both. The reason I think Phoenix is easier for the Warriors is the exact same reason you think Memphis is harder for Phoenix. Memphis is just bigger than the Warriors at every position. They, they're uniquely positioned to expose that lack of a big man. For the Warriors, like that's a lot of Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson, those guys. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, I mean, I'm taking my Chris Paul jokes here, but like they're very much like an execution based team. And if we're really getting into who's going to execute better, I'm going to have to ride with the Warriors in that situation. Like, I'm not worried about DeAndre Ayton going full Giannis on the Warriors, yeah. which is the type of thing that would concern me. And if it's not that, it's like, you know, 
who's going to make more like precise plays and shots, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, the Warriors guys, like I'll take my chances there. Yeah, I, I, I'm mostly with you. Um, I think that would be a seven game series and an absolute war. And Chris Paul in 2013 would be exactly what Phoenix needs in that series in 2022, man. I, I don't have a lot of faith in his ability to like hit that extra gear and be the second star they need. I don't have faith in Aiden to be that guy, Mikhail Bridges. Like it's, it's tough. Yeah, I was going to say they need, they need Aiden to be the guy he is like once a month where you're like, Oh, wow. He's, he's able to like just control the game. And then he follows it up with like, a good game where it's like 18 flip shots and you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm just not sure how far they can really go. Um, and I think it's kind of odd to me is so many NBA media people are, are out there being like, well, like the Suns are the prohibitive favorite. I, I just, that doesn't track with like everything we've learned about the regular season versus the playoffs over the last like 10 or 15 years, as great as that team has been on a nightly basis all season long. I, I, I think that's a, a pretty big they, leap to say like, oh, they're clearly a cut above everybody else as we they, had. To they the just playoffs. haven't been hurt this year. They're the safest team in the NBA. Uh, C- CP has been out for a while. And, and as we know, since he's kind of a fraud, that they still win without him. Uh, <laughs> they do. It, but, but seriously, they do feel like a high-end Spurs team. Like those yeah. classic Spurs where they, the Spurs year in, year out, 55-plus wins, just easy, chug along. Uh, great system, good coaching, solid vets, right? Like, I think the Warriors, Sam and I kind of started the season by saying, like, they are trying to be the Spurs, but I think the Warriors have way higher of a ceiling um, with the guys that they have. I think it feels like the Suns are kind of like that team where they're just like, yeah, they'll beat, they'll beat the Nuggets every single time. They'll beat the Clippers mm-hmm. every single time. They, the they won't have season. to work through things the way the Warriors do, where it's like, I know you guys are better than this, but you, you're clearly having one of the, they don't have those games. Yeah. Well, one Warriors question for you. Have they fallen too far in love with three-point shooting this year? They, they've totally mm. skewed the, the mid-range, and I, I do think that's very, very important in playoff basketball, and I don't know whether they can, like, reprogram some of their guys to get more comfortable in that space, but the, particularly Steph yes. just, like, hasn't it, it really is Steph. operating in the mid-range at all. And but but Clay, Clay has been, and Poole and Steph will get there when they need to. Um, I'm not actually worried about the mid range. Like maybe there are possessions where I'm like, Steph, you had an open 15 footer, just take an extra dribble in. That's a layup. He stopped. He stopped doing that. Yeah. I mean, he stopped Chuck. He stopped forcing threes. Cause in the beginning of the season, I think he averaged like 23 threes a game. And it was like, that might've been a little bit of the record chase going into yeah. it a little. He, he cut it out before he got hurt for like a few weeks there. Okay. Um, I'm more which concerned. is, yeah, I was going to say, I'm more concerned they can't get to the rim more concerned about Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, the bloom is off the rose with Andrew Wiggins after the first 4 months it was like a party out there and now I feel like a lot of the uh initial angst has returned with Wiggins. So there's another guy I think just concern wise uh he he's been playing better the last few weeks um but that's a guy as the closer He's the fifth swing guy right now. And it's a question if it's him, Otto Porter, Andre Godala, 
Gary Payton, the second, right? Like that's, that's really the question for this team. Who, who do you, who, who's the guy there that can either rebound, defend, or just make an open three. Um, just put GP Andrew Wiggins in 2022 versus Harrison Barnes in 2016. Who are you taking? Well, that's unfair because we saw Barnes in 2006. Like I mean, we saw him go five for 32. It's tough. I, I know you have to factor it, that in. Harrison tough. Barnes in 2015. That's an easy choice. I think, I mean, I, I would take Barnes, but like ironically, Barnes, Barnes- Barnes is like the non-star player they could really use because uh, as we're talking about the the pool clay um, staff thing, like their other issue is like Wiggins kind of struggles playing small ball four because he doesn't rebound the ball well. Whereas Harrison Mm -hmm. Barnes, he's better as a small ball four than anything. So I would take he's a better shooter. I would take Barnes, but that's more because of how I look at what this team needs. Well, I mean, you've always been a big Barnes guy and, you know, you've been in the tank for him for years, so uh, it's not <laughs> a surprise, but yeah, I, I, I have no idea what to make of Wiggins as we hit the playoffs. And that's another variable with this team. Like he's had nights where you step back and you're like, how did the Warriors luck into like the perfect complimentary wing, like an athlete Guys like Wiggins, Wiggins at his best, like it's really hard to find those guys. And to be able to turn D'Angelo Russell into like a potentially championship level fifth starter is um, quite a coup. And then there are other games. And a future superstar. (laughs) Well, of course, of course. Uh, Joku, um, there are other nights where you watch Wiggins and you're just like, well, what the hell does this guy do well? If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, my, my thing with Wiggins is I actually, I, I, I trust the jump shot. He has, he has proven to me he's a reliable catch and shoot three point shooter. It's just anything else that I'm like, when a team closes on him hard and makes him put it on the floor, I'm like, oh, don't know if I want that in a playoff game, that sort of stuff. I don't know if I trust him to get the rebound in traffic the way, you know, I trust like Draymond or Steph to fly in there and do some of that stuff. Yeah, it, it's not totally fair, but I remember him during the play-in games last year and he was just like totally unreliable and all Steph needed was a little bit of help and Wiggins was just an absolute mess after well, having like an okay season. But I, uh, that it was weird too because he was he was actually good against the Lakers in the first playing game, kind of fell apart in the second half of that game and then he was miserable against Memphis in the in the winter go home where he just shot one off the side of the backboard, which is it's impressive. I, I didn't know an NBA player could do that. Other but, side of the backboard too, not the front side. Um, always and was that the end of regulation or an OT? It was the OT. I think it was oh, o- more, it, it, He was open. Yen shot it in like ten minutes. But anyway, I, I think that's that's the Jordan Poole, right? That's the Jordan Poole. Obviously, Clay who Thompson's by the way did have some huge shots in uh, in OT. Jordan Poole in the playing game. Sent it, he sent it to OT. I thought, yeah, yeah, he did. He. Uh, that's a man who's not afraid of the moment. I'll say that. So he, uh, he's, he's a player. I think I trust in the playoffs um, in general. I, I just don't know. I don't know how you guard Steph Clay and Poole if they're on the floor together. I, I just don't know how you guard that. Can I ask you guys, this is a dorky ass blog boy question on the way into the playoffs. So we should Let's be talking do it. about real basketball games, but like, how much do you think the Warriors should offer Jordan Poole? Like, what what do you envision that market looking like for him? How much is Tyler Hero going to get? Maybe a max. I think that's where Poole's going to live, to be honest with you. Wow. I'm not convinced this Warriors team won't end up swinging some sort of roster trade over the summer uh, because – Wiggins coming up on it, Pool coming up on a huge. You you can't have like eight players making thirty million a year. I know Chase Center <laughs> prints money, but like at some point, some something's got to be consolidated. Something's going to happen. But uh, I think he's worth it. Is the other thing I, I I never know how to say it, but like, is he worth paying high end money as a young guard to build your backcourt around? Like, yeah compared to the guards who come out and get big contracts, he's, mm-hmm. he's better than D'Angelo Russell was at this age. And I thought D'Lo was pretty good. Uh, he's not as good as like Luca. So um, it goes without saying, right? Like he's, I think he's, um, he's in but, that but, TJ McCollum type of like, that's like the trajectory is on and yeah. like, whatever you value that I, that's objectively a very good player. I mean, there's a Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray tier. I think that he can get to um, at some point in his career, and that's those are obviously max contract guys. The, I think the the the, the paying piece is the paying piece is that the Warriors. I mean, they have Moses Moody and Kaminga, and you would think those guys, with what they're going to be paid, is going to be able to do most of what Andrew Wiggins can do. I don't think you can duplicate some of what Wiggins can do. They can't find someone that could duplicate what Jordan Poole can do. I think at, at any point. Yeah, well, and I also think when you look at Poole, he can help extend the prime of 
Curry, Clay, and Draymond a little bit by just giving them a, a little bit of extra athleticism and extra punch. And uh, for that reason, even if you feel like you're overpaying by 15 to 20%, like it makes sense for Golden State to do that. Um, yeah, or maybe, just, or maybe he ends up being the guy you move uh, to get another player, you know, but it's like in general, yeah, you, you got to kind of pay him what he's, what he's going for, right? Yeah. Totally. Well, I, I wasn't sure everybody was on the same page with, with that one, but I'm glad to hear it because I, it, pool makes their future a lot more exciting. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I want to take this back to the playoffs. We will have all off season for that stuff. Um, <laughs> I considered throwing out the go bear hypothetical also, but again, that's, that's more of an off season topic, but I, I like the idea of Rudy. I don't day. even know where that came from. I just, that was, it's such an out of nowhere th- four days before the playoffs. Uh, I think everyone, what is that? Like, what is that? The, everyone's banking on Utah trading one of those two guys, right? Like that's what it comes down to. I just, I just don't like, where are the warriors? If I look, I would, I would like it too. The, it's not going to happen because, because Draymond hates him. But like, what, just where, where does that even, what does that even come from? If I were Utah, I would trade Donovan Mitchell and, and keep Rudy Gobert. I don't think the market for Gobert is going to be that great. And Donovan Mitchell, you might be able to trick somebody into giving up like a but bunch of Dwayne, assets. But New York. But it's, uh, minority owner Dwayne Wade advising the team to trade Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea who's calling the shots at Utah. You got Ainge out there. You got oh, right. Justin Zanuck, the Bucks guy who's been with Utah for like five years now, and and then you got Wade in the mix as like the fake owner. I mean, who the hell knows? Mitt Romney actual... comes in every now and then. Like it's, <laughs> exactly. it's hard to say. It you know, maybe maybe he's the their Kurt room. Rambis. I don't know. I, oh boy, he could be. He could oh, be. So yeah, who we the didn't hell even knows talk what's Lakers. Happen with the Jazz. <laughs> Oh say, my God! I was gonna say we didn't even get to our Lakers yet. Definitely well, we get, friend of this. Friend I want to show. I, I had this one written down for sharp. Of the Warrior things you're most excited about, the Warriors reinventing Otto Porter as a center. Where are you at with that? Uh, I mean, look, I, I have loved watching Otto ball out. He's tailed off a little bit over the second half. The the brittle body has sort of shown itself uh down the stretch but he's back healthy he's he's looking good and like christmas day when he was hitting those threes to get that win um i was just like in heaven watching him and i was so happy for him 
to finally be with like a functional basketball team and have an opportunity to play games that matter. I actually think I should have brought this up earlier when we were talking about how they have no big man depth. I think Otto is going to probably get the third most big man minutes for this team. Like obviously Draymond's going to play, you know, 40 minutes if he needs to, he's going to play and Looney will play 20. This last stretch, Steve Kerr has been kind of using playoff rotations. Otto Porter has been the one who's been getting 25 to 30 minutes, particularly next to Draymond for the obvious, you know, spacing reasons. I think he's going to play a lot for this team in the playoffs. Yeah. Cause he is, he fits the mold of what Steve Kerr wants, plus like the added shooting element. He actually and he actually rebounds. Yeah, yeah. He actually, he actually rebounds. He somehow turned into a Looney with a three point shot. And, and you know the other thing with Otto, he's never been a great athlete, but he's long and kind of wiry, and he's like a, a knuckleball. If a knuckleball were a human being, like people don't really know how to handle him uh, on defense, and I think the Warriors will be able to steal some minutes. Like you can't really get away with it for more than like four or five minutes at a time, but uh, it's not the craziest idea in the world to just try to like steal 10 minutes with Otto at the five and see, see what you could do. The Warriors, the Warriors, they, they either go one way or the other. I mean, the other seasons they have 18 centers and you just, you can't get enough Jordan bell. You can't get, <laughs> you can't get enough enters of And then now they're just like, you know what? We're going to roll with one and a half centers that we're going to play. And which and you just, now you can't get enough auto Porter at the five. You're going to see some belly at the five. I mean, you're just, it might even it's, throw it's a little center Kuminga out there, you know, like you might see clay play the like clay might be a center. If, if Nicola goes to the bench and, you know, cousins is out there shooting threes, you know, it might get a little weird out there. I think the war, the warriors kind of don't care at this I, point. They're I just, hope we do see some playoff Kuminga, you know, if the warriors are going to make the finals, they're going to need someone like that. Who's just big and athletic and, is a pain in the ass for other teams over the course of the Western conference playoffs. And, and like, he can be that guy. I'm not sure how much Steve uh, is actually. I was going to say that's him. been kind of my biggest uh, disappointment in this last stretch. He was playing 20 ish minutes a game for about two months there. I thought he was playing pretty well. I thought he was getting bad. Obviously he had rookie moments, but like, if you told me I was getting this production from a 19-year-old Kuminga before the season started, I'd be like, sign me up, right? That sort of thing. And the last yeah. 10 or so games, it's kind of been out of the rotation, and I feel like it's a precursor for Steve yep. Kirby and, like, we're going with the vets in the playoffs. You can see a lot of Otto Porter. You're going to see as much Iguodala as his body allows, you know. You're going to see more <laughs> of uh, that type of stuff, and – I, I just wonder because like they have so many veterans like throwing Kuminga in there for chaos. And we got four guys on the three point line, let him go one-on-one -on -one and dunk on someone at the rim. Like that they, they desperately need that. That's like the thing right. that to me, I'm not really concerned about the shooting or being two, three point shooting heavy. I'm not really concerned about the defense uh, because I believe Draymond still has that gear in him. I'm concerned that they can't get to the rim. You know, that's my concern. And you need guys who are going to make the other team uncomfortable. It's yeah. why I don't fear the Nuggets at all. They don't really have any of those guys outside of Jokic on offense. Um, but 
Kaminga, when you put him in the game, like you feel him in the game. If you're the other team and you step back and you're just like, well, what the hell do we do with this guy? I mean, he's the size of Kawhi Leonard and he's at the rim, like in the blink of an eye. Um, those are really useful pieces to have as you're trying to make a playoff run. I, I, I didn't understand it either when Kerr stopped playing him. The, the moment you he lets the guy go yeah, I mean, the moment a guy goes backdoor on him or the moment he sets a screen the wrong way, I mean, he's get, get out, get out of here. Like, that's yeah. that's classic kind of the guy thinks he's pop. Uh, so he's he's, you know, the, the guy who benched Kawhi Leonard in, in playoff games when he makes a mistake. You know what I mean? So so it's uh, it's classic Stevie. I think another guy, too, that has that you talked about a guy that you can feel when he goes is Chippy, too. That's like that's another guy. I think the Warriors kind of figured out that that's that he should be playing a lot. I mean, he's a better cutter and finisher than like Andrew Wiggins, like just objectively. Um, both, and both guys can't shoot free throws. So, you know, it's, it's fine. Right. When you, when you, when, when either guys gets fouled. So All I, I just, game, man. Uh, I mean, that's, that might be a problem. I mean, the, the hacker, hacker Wiggins, hacker, hacker Looney, like that might, <laughs> those might be reasons why those guys don't play in crunch time. Um, which, which is crazy to, to think 40 about, minutes but. auto Porter. He makes his free throws. Um, <laughs> trusted Jesus. auto. There's a lot of auto sharp. Yeah. sharp. There's a lot of auto uh, necessity uh, from the Warriors. I, I know it's beautiful. I, I've never felt more in sync with you guys. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, I might get a jersey <laughs> if the if the Warriors can make it to the conference finals. Uh, if Memphis Ooh. is going to be the hurdle, if they make it to the conference finals, I'm I'm fully on the bandwagon. So you're you're with us. You know that. When the if the Warriors beat Memphis, they're definitely beating CP3. Like you know that they're gonna look good enough to be like, yeah, I, I think Steph's playing there. He's gonna make Chris Paul be like, ah, should I retire? I'm getting old. You know, that's <laughs> so, how. It's, that's how it's here's go. the thing, I, I am a big Devin Booker believer, always have been, and man, oh man, I've been validated by the past two seasons, and I'm also a big Chris Paul believer and think both of you are completely full of shit with Chris Paul and give him way too hard of a time. His greatest crime is being like 10 spots lower than Steph on the all time list, but he's still one of the greatest players we've ever seen. And, um, and the, the reason I won't be able to root with the Suns, root for the Suns, despite everything I just said is because like, if Steph gets that close to another title, another title like seals his place in history. He probably goes down as the top 10 player of all time, uh, but he needs to do it. And he's going to need to steal a title at some point over the next three years here. Yeah, I think so. So uh, if I he gets so. that close, he's, he's my number one priority is getting him a ring. I want to close with one last question for both you guys. Okay, so we we both agree number one concern for the Warriors is Steph Curry's health. Nothing, you know, if he's not healthy, Shocker. nothing else matters, right? Um, nothing two, else in my life matters. Yeah, so. n- number two is the big man depth. I think we've talked about that. It's like, can Draymond and Looney hold down the fort for two months? What would you say is the third most likely reason this Warriors team does not go deep in the playoffs? Third biggest concern. I'll, I'll let Andy answer first. Ooh. Um, oh man, you're gonna Steve Kerr. <laughs> I think I think Steve Kerr is going to have to trust. Uh, he's gonna have to trust Jordan Poole. I, I think he has the last month. I think he has had no choice 
but to do that, um, we've seen Brad Wanamaker play over Jordan Poole. Uh, we've seen Nico Mannion play over Jordan Poole. <laughs> Nico Mannion, I don't even know where he is right now. He seems we've, like a nice kid. We've but... seen him close with Damian Lee when Jordan Poole is fully healthy and available. So, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. And Damian Lee's way better than Wanamaker and, and Nico Mannion. And, and yet, Jordan Poole should have closed. Unrelated to that, the way I would answer Sam's question is, I love Steph Curry, always have. think he's one of the greatest players I'll probably ever see in my entire life. Uh, Pandering. I Yeah, no, it's just genuine, okay? Not kissing your ass. You're dead wrong about Chris Paul, but it is what it is. Um, you sound like as, Ryan Rossillo, by the way, on every Bill Simmons <laughs> podcast. It's yeah, just, he has well, to keep saying it. He and I, same wavelength as far as Chris <laughs> Paul is concerned. Um, but as far as Steph, I do worry a little bit he just had so many weird nights this year that it's not like out of the question for the warriors to fail and for us to look up like a month or two from now and say well i mean steph shot like 30 percent from three and he was missing open looks and he just didn't look like the same guy uh and i don't know whether that's age i don't know whether it's like extra weight he put on but it, it, there were a lot of weird moments this year. And so I'm not totally sold on Steph coming back and just being like superhuman. Under 40% for the first time in his career from three this season. Yeah. And like it be, he was still making some tough shots, but he was also missing some like wide open looks where it was just like that kind of really a foregone conclusion that he would hit thing. those. Yeah, if he hit the open looks at his career percentages, he'd have finished, I think, at 42%. Because he hit the tough ones at the exact same, like, ridiculous superhuman percentage he hits over the past few years. So it's like he somehow has worked himself into only making tough shots. It's, it's weird. I, 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 don't, I don't read too much into it, but it was bizarre watching it for a lot of the season. Yeah, and it seemed like a good portion of what was going on was mental. And so hopefully he's been able to work through that and will come through and just like set the playoffs on fire. But I, I need to see it happen before I have like complete hundred percent confidence in, in Steph as like the put potentially the best player in the West. All right. We'll end it there. <sighs> whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Sam, where's yours? Oh, where's come yours? On. You took, you took mine. Yeah. First of all, we can't end on my sobering ass wow. note about okay, mine's a, mine's the same as Andy's, and I'm kind of mad he took it. Um, my biggest fear is Steve Kerr is going to lean into defense and bench Jordan Poole in high leverage situations, and they're not going to be able to score the ball. And we're going to see them lose to a Memphis Grizzlies team uh, where it's like quintessential Warriors Yes. Don't score in the last yes. four minutes of this game. Yes. One of those type of situations because he wants to have, you know, Looney out there to box out Steven Adams or or some some weird thing where he won't take Wiggins out of the game. And that is my biggest fear because this is not a Steve Kerr roster, is basically what I'm getting at here. Like their best lineup forces a couple defensive concessions they have never had to make during their run. And I just worry yeah. that, um, you know, when it's tight, it's, you know, 90, 90, five minutes to go. Jordan Poole is going to yep. be on the bench. And it's yep. going to, you know, Clay next to Wiggins, next to Draymond and Looney. 
and Steph is trapped at half court mm. and they can't yep. do anything. Um, Thank you, you know, that's, that's my biggest fear. It's been the issue the whole season. Crunch time offense is what we've talked about. And the excuse for me was, okay, Clay's not back yet. And Clay comes back. And, but then they haven't, the, the, and then the other issue is they haven't played together. The real closing lineup, and I say this every podcast, I'm going to do it again. The real closing lineup is Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond, and my guy Andre Godala. That's the real, real oh, closing lineup. Man. Like that is what they should go with every single game. Because you get defense, you you prey on the rebounding, you you hope that 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 Steph and Draymond can get a board with Andre. But really, you get the passing, you get all the run. Steph, Andy's like trying to get and Andy's trying to get Iguodala to go to the hospital, dude. I am I am <laughs> praying that his body can hold up. I a don't... lot of faith, man. Look, you were so close to the right answer with the closing five. All right, you need Dre, you need Steph, you need Jordan Poole, you need Clay. And that fifth guy, when it's game seven in Memphis and the night is darkest, you can't find any offense oh anywhere. Couple minutes left. You need Otto Porter oh as that boy. fifth guy. He will see you through. And uh, I'll be right there with you guys. He did on Christmas. He did on Christmas. Exactly. By the way, all, all three of their best options for that fifth spot, um, just their bodies falling apart. Looney, Iguodala, <laughs> Otto, like all three of them are excellent players. Like I like what they do, but you always get a little worried when they hit the ground, that they're not going to get up. You know? Andrew, will, Andrew will be there for us. He will, he will get up. He will, he will never get to the ground actually, because that's, that's <laughs> Andrew Wickets. I the can't bar, help it. The I bar is so low when Otto Porter might be like the healthiest, most dynamic option you've got, but next to Looney and Iguodala, I mean, he oh, might he, actually he really be that guy. Might actually be. I mean, he actually hasn't, he hasn't actually gotten hurt this. He's had some aches and he's had some tweaks, but there hasn't been like an autos out a week with an ankle sprain. Like he's now they don't play him much and they don't right. play him on back to backs and stuff, but still like he's, you know, they, Iron they Man. They him like he's a senior citizen. And I appreciate it. He's only 26. Like that's, that's uh, the part. It's like you, you watch Otto and Looney and you're like, ah, uh, sage veterans. They can't move the way they once used to. <laughs> and then you like, look at it, you're like born in 93, born in 96. <laughs> what the, you know, <laughs> Uh, well, look, the Christmas Suns Warriors box score does not lie. Have faith in Otto. And uh, let's do this again when Rudy Gobert rumors are like heating up and, uh, and the story of the league in July. Appreciate you as always, Sharp. We're, we're going to have to touch base if we get that uh, Chris Paul, Chris Steph Paul. Curry part like 15 <laughs> oh, playoff yeah. series. I'll come out here to scream at you both. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs>